Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to another session of the Business Systems Summit. And in this session, we've got Stephen Brigginshaw. He's a best-selling author, speaker, award-winning entrepreneur and business mentor. And a, a mutual friend of ours, actually, JV Crum III, introduced us. And I was chatting with JV. Uh, he's another one of the speakers on the summit. And we were talking about the financial sector. And obviously, this being the Business Systems Summit, we're looking for a speaker to speak in the finance space. Now, this can be a funny topic because oftentimes it can be very dry. So I wanted to try and find someone that was approaching things a little bit differently and someone that could really engage the audience, but also have the chops to be able to share some great systems and processes. So after having a look at Stephen's background, who uh, JV actually recommended, I thought he's going to be a perfect fit because he's a former chartered accountant and he's worked with small businesses for over 17 years. And I also spotted that he's working with B1G1. And it just so happens, which at this point in time, we haven't yet announced it, but Paul Dunn is also going to be one of the featured speakers as well. So it all kind of tied in quite well. And he's approaching uh, the financial space and accountancy in a really different way. In fact, he's going to kind of show us inside an account and look at zero, which I'm very excited to see to get some insights there. So firstly, Stephen, just like to welcome you to the Business Systems Summit. Thank you very much. Thanks for your kind words. So yeah, no pressure there. That's right. That's right. Put you in it now. Um, and I know we were talking a little bit beforehand in the lead up to this about what system and process you'd end up sharing. And there's a couple of things there. And one area I know is budgeting and also what to have a look at at the end of the month. So there's a few areas you're going to go through. I'll hand it over to you and let you drive. And if it's okay with you, I'll stick my hand up every now and then and and ask a couple of questions just to make sure I'm right with you as you go through the process. Yeah, yes, please jump in whenever you feel is necessary. And yeah, if I start running off on a tangent, because this is quite natural to me I'm, I'm quite lucky with numbers and systems that this is quite quite a natural thing for me so yeah stop me if something comes up that would be helpful yeah we can go from there perfect all right well, i'll let you drive from here cool the big challenge with numbers is they're a bit like marmite yeah you know we have marmite in the uk you have vegemite in australia <laughs> You either love it or you hate it. And it's similar with numbers. Like people either love numbers or they hate it. There's no middle ground. And the big challenge with that is the numbers are the language of business. So if you're not, if you don't understand, if you don't like, or if you haven't got time for your numbers, then you're at a big disadvantage to actually understanding what's happening and what's going on. And I see this happen a lot over my career so far. This is probably one of the biggest killers of of businesses that people don't understand what's actually going on and they don't understand where they're actually heading as well. So that's the solution. That's why we're talking today. It's, it's about being able to look at numbers. So either somebody in your team who likes numbers and can then translate or interpret that information for you, or that you're able to use this, the systems that we're going to create today to do that yourself because it's really, really important that you get to understand what's really going on in your business and where you're heading. And at that point, you can start to ask really simple questions 
like things like oh why is that how did that happen what's going on there and you can then dig a little bit deeper or you and your team can dig a little bit deeper to understanding what really is going on in your business and then that helps you like what I call uh, to make no-brainer business decisions because it's like well sales are down well why are sales down oh it's because the conversion rates reduced or why is conversion rate reduced let's what let's look at improving conversion rate I mean that's just one example you know we've mm. gone from numbers into the sales system so it can lead you anywhere uh, so it's a really important skill to acquire as a business owner or a team member to acquire to help you with that's really like setting the piece up. I like to look at numbers in terms of GPS sat nav for business. <laughs> so you would want to understand where you want to go to, like when you put into the, the sat nav, the destination, that it automatically pings your location with the, with the GPS. So it knows where you are currently. And then you can set a path. You can choose which path you want to take to it. And it's the same thing you can do with numbers. And that's what I really wanted to take the system through with, uh, with you guys today so that we can create a similar sort of thing. So sat nav for business is, is the idea. So what I would like to do first is, um, before I jump in actually, Dave, I'm just going to say that we've talked about team and I know a lot of people watching this will have a team, but that is so important that bookkeeping isn't done by the business owner. Yeah. Now, it's a skill like anything else in business that you need to learn. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but so often a lot of business owners will be doing it themselves because they feel they need to or that it's part of business. But I'm sure you didn't get into business to do the bookkeeping. You got into business to do what you enjoy doing and, and making a difference. So hire a bookkeeper if you haven't already got one. Bring them into your team if, if the business is big enough and you want some real-time information as well. And the other thing with regards to bookkeeping, it's a changing landscape now. So it's not just about data entry as it used to be years ago. Now, because of technology, it's, it's really removed some of the heavy lifting. So it's automated a lot of that data entry. So you have, you're, you're, we're going to look at Zero in a moment. So you're going to look see you know, accounting software like Zero. There's other applications like Receipt Bank, which scan your receipts and automatically enter them into zero and then attach the file so you can look into into zero and see the, the file of the receipt there as well so there are so technology is moving things forward so that the data entry side of bookkeeping is completely changing and what bookkeeping is about now really is it like a supervisory role making sure that the technology is doing the right things but then also i would say it's probably like a management accounting role where you're then creating management information and reviewing that, bring it, you know, writing down some checklists in terms of the actions to take forward, what's going on, similar to what we're going to go through today. Mm. So that's the future, well, it's now, really. It's the present of bookkeeping now. It's not so much a data entry anymore. So it's, um, it's, yeah, it's really important just to have that mindset shift as well when, you, when you're looking for, for bookkeepers. And, yeah, we mentioned Zero and Receipt Bank. They're, they're a, really, a really cool way to do it. And if you're still not sure about the numbers, then sit down with your accountant because there's some really great forward-thinking accountants out there, your business coach, or you know, have somebody in your team, or even sit down with your management team to go through the numbers together, and then you'll be able to make the decisions about moving your business forward and sort of doing it on gut instinct or, or luck, you know, sticking your finger in the air and, and making a decision yeah <laughs> so cool I, I, that, yeah, that, I just wanted to, to clear that little bit up about the bookkeeping and how things are changing and now I'm going to share my screen and then we're going to jump into if I share my screen here put it yep. onto the demo company so 
I've logged into Xero. So this is a, a demo company that I have access to. And what I wanted to do really was just, to, there's a three-step system I've effectively created for those three steps in the, the GPS sign for business. And the first one is understanding where you want to be. Now, I'm going to make the assumption that you have goals and that you've written them down and you've worked with a business coach or you've worked with somebody within your management team. And so you know where you're heading and you know what the numbers look like in terms of, let's just say, in terms of revenue, in terms of cost and in terms of profit, the targets that you're going to have over the next two, five, 10, whatever, how many years that would be. And then you've broken that down into yearly targets. So once you've got those yearly targets, you can then break them down into monthly targets. So you then have break that year, the next year's worth of targets into, into 12 months. And what Xero allows you to do is to add a budget to the system and then you can compare the budget to your actual. So it's really, really helpful. And a budget, although it sounds quite scary, really all it is, it's, it's a list of targets. So, so you're just looking at your business and saying, well, our expectation or our appreciation is that we're going to hit this amount of revenue or the costs are going to be this amount of money. In an ideal world, what you're going to do is start from the bottom up. So you're going to reverse engineer effectively your goals. So if you haven't done it, and I did make that assumption at the beginning, if you haven't done your, uh, written your goals or know what the numbers are going to be for the next 12 months, start off with your ideal take-home pay and just reverse engineer through your profit through tax, through profit before tax, your costs, overheads and cost of sales and then back to your revenue. And then you'll be able to see what the business looks like and what is required of the business to achieve your, your income, personal income goals. I went through that quite quickly. If you have any questions on that, check out my book because I go into a little bit more detail, but I didn't want to spend any time on that today. The important thing is the system. So now we're in zero. What we're going to do, literally, this is just a step-by-step process so i'm gonna click on the reports tab at the top and then budget manager and that's going to bring us into the the budget module now in here you can choose the start date here and it needs to be the start of the current financial year so that's already at the the right date the actuals i'm going to change that to 12 months because what i want to do is use the budget as a guide into terms of creating the budget for the next year so i'm going to use the 12 month actuals from the previous financial year to create the actuals for the for this year it just makes things a little bit easier and i'm just going to move my camera over this way so i can see the screen properly and then i'm going to we want the periods of 12 months because we're going to be doing a 12 month budget and i'm going to click update now what that's going to do down here on the screen if i scroll down slightly you can see that it's brought in some of the the data from the previous financial year some of the information is missing because this is a demo data, but you'll, you'll have lots of information in there. And then further along, it leaves us empty spaces to type in where we need to type numbers in for the, the current financial year. But we're not going to do anything there. What, what we're going to do is click on the export button and export that to Excel. And then we'll wait for that to download. And then we'll upload, open that up once it's ready. It's just loading now on the other screen. So Dave, just to double check, can you see yep. that? Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So what we have here, so that we can see we've got January 2016. So that's the previous financial year. So this runs January to December. That's December 2016. And then we've got uh, the January 2017 to December 2017 over this side. But what we're going to do is we don't want these 
12 months here in the spreadsheet. So we're gonna delete all of those. And we'll, uh, I'm just gonna press the delete button. And then what I'm gonna do is just rename these ones. So I'm just gonna change these ones to 2017. So now we're effectively saying, well, the figures from last year are the same as this year now. So they're all 2017. And the reason for that, this is just a very, very quick way of creating a budget. Now budgets, there's things that some people don't like. They just don't like the sound of it or the work that's involved. So by taking what you did last year and basing your next 12 months budget on that, it's a great place to start. Now, if, if it's completely different or you haven't got 12 months to start with, you can use the figures however you want to, but the same principle applies. And the reason for exporting it is then we can import it back into the system. So now that you've changed the dates, you can effectively put anything in that you want. So if we said the sales were going to be 15,000 a month for every month, that's the target. We can just fill those through and put those into the system. Um, similarly, we can put in a, say if purchases are, I don't know, let's just say they're 20% of uh, the revenue. So we can put that in again as well. And then just play with all of the numbers so that we've got something that's relevant to the, the current financial year, the, the, the goals mm. and targets that we have. So once you're done with that, you can save this. Quick question with that as well. That's oftentimes a, a hurdle for someone is trying to figure out, okay, well, what increase do I look at doing? And I know this is going to relate back to setting your goals and that sort of thing. When looking at, let's say, okay, well, last year we did X thousand dollars for the month. What would be a good way or is there a good line of thinking to think, okay, well, this is how you might might set it. Okay, well, if you want to have X amount of growth over the year, you know, we need to divide that over on a monthly or do a 10% increase on each month or, well, yeah, just interested to get you. And then probably the same goes for your expenses and cost of goods, those things? Yeah, so it's a, it's a really good question. It, the key, as you said, is having those goals. You need to have those targets already that you're aiming for. So once you know what the target is for the year, so let's say, I don't know, let's say it was like 500,000 was the target in terms of revenue for the year. You could break that up monthly. So it's over the 12 months, it's going to be an even, an even figure. But that's not necessarily always the case in business, how it works. And sometimes, let's say if you're at 300 now and you want to get to 500, it's going to take time to build up to that. So you're not all of a sudden going to jump from 20,000 pounds worth of sales or revenue in a month to 40,000. You know, it's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to take time to get up to that. So it's, it's taking those real world concepts, if you like, that the progress takes time and seasonality plays a part in businesses as well. Not necessarily of all business, but that's something else to consider, particularly like if you're doing product launches, you launch specific services at specific times in business, then most of your revenue will probably come from those periods. You know, if you did that every quarter, say, that's when most of your revenue will come from. So it's a case of understanding what actually happens in your business the important thing is to, is to not to put too much pressure on yourself to achieve your goal in the first month and have that run rate immediately, but it's to build up to it and to take into account any seasonality and any project-based launches that you make in the business because it could be that some of the revenue comes in quarterly and, and the rest is it drips in, and it drips and drabs. So it's understanding what happens in your business. But for ease of the budget, I'm just going to be doing it 
15,000 on this. That's the number I've chosen. That's the, the we're just going to do it as a, as a monthly thing. But I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily do that all the time. In terms of the cost, you had a question about the cost as well. How do you do that with your cost? Well, your fixed costs are so your overheads. So just with the terminology, so overheads, expenses, fixed costs, those, those all tend to mean the same thing. And all that means is the costs that you incur don't change with regards to the volume of sales that you make or the delivery of sales that you make, the, the delivery to the, your end client. So things like telephone, things like bank charges, things like rent and electricity, those things are going to be the same pretty much. Okay, there might be a little bit of variance depending on, on usage, but pretty much going to be the same every month. Yeah, same for, with your bookkeeper, same with your accountant, those types of things. So you can pretty much plan for those costs and know what's going to happen each month. So you can have theoretically what the accountant's 300 pounds a month. So it's going to be 300 pounds a month. You know exactly what you're going to be there. Now with your your cost of sales, the cost of goods sold and direct expenses, these are things, they're normally called variable costs. And the reason they're called that is because they vary depending on the amount that you sell and the amount that you deliver as well. So it will normally be a percentage of your revenue that you will include here. This is known as the gross, so we've got gross profit here. So gross profit is the profit you have after you've deducted all of your variable costs from your revenue. And most businesses will have a gross profit percentage that they want to hit, that they have a target. And we'll we'll look at that a little bit more later on 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 the call. But once you know what your gross profit is or what what your target is, you can then set your target for your variable costs. So your cost for delivering things. And I may as well mention this now, even if what tends to happen so businesses that sell products, it's easy for them to define their cost of sales because they have a physical product that they can sell. So they know how much it is to bring in and then they know how much it is to turn it around and get it to the, to the end customer and end client. With service businesses, they don't necessarily know that because it's based on time effectively. That's what you're selling. The product is time. And what tends to happen is service businesses don't have a cost of sale line the gross profit just equals revenue in most cases but that's strictly not quite true because the cost of the team delivering the end product to your customer or client that really is the cost of sale Mm -hmm. so then it's a decision to have a chat with your accountant or your bookkeeper and say right how much of the times team do we need to or sorry the team's time on team's cost do we need to include in cost of sales so that we can get an accurate understanding of what the gross profit for the business is. Because at the end of the day, their cost is about delivering something to your customers and to your clients. And then you can get your gross profit and understand then what your business needs to do to be able to hit your targets. And the great thing about that then is you can see how scalable your business really is. Particularly for service businesses, that's hard to see because you've just got time and you just think, oh, if we add more team, we'll have more time. But then there's efficiencies and so on that need to be dealt with within the team. So by having that gross profit percentage in a service business and accounting for the team, the team's cost in that way, you're then able to actually say, well, how, how profitable is the business? And do we have the ability to move the business to the next stage or is it a case that the team's not as efficient as they should be? So you can start looking at capacity and so on. So I thought I'd just mention that there because it's a really important point that a lot of business owners miss. 
myself included, <laughs> I le- had to learn things the hard way. Generally, that's how you come up with a budget is you use, be sensible, use the expectations that you have in you know, a 12-year plan and build that into the 12 months using your seasonality and how you sell and and yeah, use that gross profit percentage for your cost of sales. So that, if that answers your question there, Dave, is that okay? Yeah, that's good. And it hits on something that was quite interesting there as, as far as adding that cost of goods sold for services. I mean, we're, we're guilty of that as well, which then also makes it difficult thinking in terms of scaling because the more you sell, it's hard to go, well, these are my fixed overheads because you sell more and then you're going to need more time. So they're not really fixed overheads. So yeah, love it. Cool. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. And the important things to add is, the, is capacity because when you start thinking of moving your team into that, that top line gross profit, you can then start to think, well, are they at capacity? What can we do to create efficiencies? How can we get a team to be more effective in what they do? And it's a different conversation. You start measuring the team on, on output instead of input. And mm. it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a nicer place to be. And like you say, you can then really see if your business is scalable. Perfect. Cool. Right, I'm going to save this now. Now we've created the budget, we've saved it, and I'm going to go back into Zero. So you should hopefully see the Zero screen again. And I'm going to click on the Import button towards the bottom of the screen, and then it's going to ask me to find the the file. So here it is. Just clicked on that, and then click Import. And then what should happen now? So it's, it's confirmed that. The, the budget's gone in and it says here 43 accounts have been updated with the budget. So it doesn't update the ones that have zero yeah. entries so that we can just have a look to see, click on the view dates affected just to make sure that it's gone into the right financial year, which it has, which is brilliant. So we've got Jan 2017 to December 17. That's the financial year that we were looking at. And I just hit the confirm button and that's the budget that's gone into the system now. So if I, change the actual to none just for now and click update we can then see this is the budget that we've just created so it's gone straight into zero and if we click the save button uh well i don't probably didn't need to do that actually but i've done it just in case that's just me being cautious <laughs> and those changes have been say uh, since the last save that's fine so we now now know that the budget is in the system so that gives us a benchmark you know a milestone marker as we were talking about to, to compare to so that's where you want to be. You've done, you've, you've done the work previously. You've put the figures into, into zero. Now we need to look at where you are currently. And the really cool thing with zero, it's got lots of powerful reports at a touch of a button. So I'm going to make the assumption your accounts are up to date. You've got a great bookkeeper doing everything that they need to do. And the other thing I didn't mention is regards to the bookkeepers like when i talk about being a management accountant what that actually means is to talk a little bit accounting so uh close close your ears if you don't want to hear the terminology but <laughs> we're, we're looking at accruals and prepayments and and timing so effectively all that means or the, all of those accruals and prepayments means we're bringing in the expenditure and moving expenditure out and similar for income in and out to make sure that for each month what's actually reported is relevant to that month. So let's just give you an example. Let's say your accountant hasn't, hasn't invoiced you 
uh, for February, let's just say for argument's sake, but you know you're going to have that cost for February. So you would accrue for that cost or your bookkeeper would accrue for that cost to bring that £300, we said that before as an example, into February so that you don't have a, a hole there and then £600 the month after. So it just smooths everything out and it makes sure that the expenditure is relevant to each month and similarly for the income. And then what you have then is your income matches your expenditure because that's what accounting is really all about. It's making sure that any given period of time, say a month, for each month, your income matches against your expenditure. And what that means is the, the sales that you've made and the deliveries of services and products that you've made, the costs in relation to delivering those and creating those are included in the same month. That's all it means. So, Because sometimes costs and income can be slightly out of line. That's all we need to make sure that the bookkeeper does is that every month everything is reported in line so that the income matches up to the to the expenditure. And one way to tell if that's not happening is your gross profit percentage will be all over the place. If, if your gross profit percentage is even, you, you're pretty, pretty much sure or as close to even as possible, you're pretty, you're pretty sure that your, your income and your expenditure is reported correctly. If it's not, if it's all over the place, you know, it's like minus a figure one month and then, you know, ridiculous figure the next it's likely that something's going on there and that needs to be addressed. And you can do a similar look at the, the net profit as well, similarly, that if there's a big expenditure in the fixed costs that should be apportioned over 12 months, let's say, that would be something else that would need to be picked up as well. So, yeah, the bookkeeper needs to be doing the good work as, as all, all present bookkeepers do. And then you can produce these reports. So what I wanted to do was to get the management reports from Zero. We can have a look at that and see what that actually means. So if I click on reports from the top menu and then all reports, and once the screen loads, I'm just going to scroll down to the accounting section and hit those three buttons, three dots, and scroll down a little bit more. And here's the management report that I want to load. Now, to stop you from having to go into all reports next time, what you can do is put a star next to the report and then from the top menu, you'll be able to access that immediately without having to go into all reports. So it's just a, a shortcut, basically. So in the management reports, you can change the date. So we're going to, let's, let's not do it for this month. Let's say the May accounts, because we're, we're, we're in June 2017 now. Let's say the May figures are now up to date. So I'm just going to hit May and update. And this summary page, it's called the executive summary, just gives you a snapshot of what's actually happening. So if I scroll down a little bit, you can see it's got a snapshot of what's happened in terms of cash from the and in lines with the previous months and the variance, the profitability with the balance sheet. And we'll look at the, the profit and loss and balance sheet in a little bit more detail in a moment. Your income. I really like this snapshot here, the income, because it gives you an idea of how many sales invoices you've raised. And for some people, that's a, a goal or, or a particular milestone marker to check that all of the income has actually been raised. So if they've got, so like a business coach, for an example, if they know that they've got 20 clients, then there should be 20 invoices raised. And if there's not, then there's another reason for them to look into uh, something gone wrong with the system that we've created, that, that income hasn't been raised. And also it gives you the average value of invoices. So basically your total revenue divided by the number of invoices and again, people use that as a master marker. So it's a nice little snapshot. So I really like that piece on the executive summary. 
And then further down, we've got the details here of the gross profit margin. So we were talking about earlier. We'll look at that in a little bit more detail in a moment. The net margin, return on investment. For service businesses, this return on investment is probably irrelevant because it's geared towards businesses that manufacture, really. So they use their machinery and they use their um, other tools that they have. So, And that's what this figure relates to. But still a good indicator uh, to look at if it's going up or down. You can see what's actually going on in the business. But the other area I like on here is looking at the, the average debtor days and average creditor days. So all that means, so debtor days, that means how long it takes on average for you to receive your money from your customers. And creditor days means on average, how long it takes you to pay your suppliers. So you can see here that it's 30 for this demo data, depending on what the terms are for your business. If it was 30, for this business, then it means that all the customers are paying on time, which is brilliant. And maybe something can be done to, to increase that because cash flow is king at the end of the day of any business. So, so if we needed more cash, we could look at ways of improving that. Or if the actual debtor day, if the, if the uh, terms in terms of when you want your customers to pay you were 14 days, we might have a little bit of a challenge here because the customers are taking twice as long to actually pay. And similarly, with the creditor days, if, if you have terms with your suppliers, let's say you're allowed up to 30 days, we're not really using them all. You're not using all of that 30 days. So it would be a sensible thing to use those extra 10 days in the business so that you can have that, that cash in your bank account for that extra 10 days. So that means that you can do something else with it potentially. So uh, yeah, those are the two snapshots that I really like on this report. There are different pages. So we're just going to go from the executive summary. It's going to click this drop down. I'm going to, Ignore the cash summary for the moment. Again, it's a good report to, to go through with your bookkeeper or your accountant or business coach. But there's uh, two reports I really want to go into, and that's the profit and loss and balance sheet. Similarly, with the age receivables and age payables, so again, more jargon and terminology, age receivables is has the customers that owe you money, and age payables is the money you owe your suppliers. So again, it's important to go through that with your accountant or coach or bookkeeper. Make sure the people that owe you money are paying you. Chase them if they're not paying you. I found that it's the ones that shout loudest and longest tend to get paid. But it could be, you know, you might want to question who you have as customers if they're not paying you. And similarly, with your age payables, look at who you need to pay as well. Because uh, it's, it's not if, you, if you're doing one side, you need to do the other. It's not, not good to be incongruent there. So I'm not going to look at those reports specifically now, but I recommend you go through them. What I want to do is just look at the profit and loss uh, and balance sheet. So we're going to go to those pages here. Now, what I want to do is show the, the financial year to date. So you can see, if I scroll down a little, we've got May, which is the month that's just been completed, April, March, and February, and then the year to date total. We haven't got January. So the financial year ends December. So I want to change that. So I'm going to click on the compare periods. We've got it set to May already because we already did that on the previous page, which is fine. I want monthly, so that's fine. The period is one month. And I want to compare with the previous four months because I want it to start from January. And we don't want to include anything else at this point. So we just click update. And now I've got January through to May, which is brilliant. So I've got a snapshot of the year. And I'm just going to go through and do the same for the balance sheet. I'm going to dive into these reports in a second. So we're going to change this. It says compared to previous year. I want to compare it to the previous month. And then we want to do previous four months, so previous four periods, and then click the update. Because it's great to see that movement. 
that you'll be able to see on the balance sheet what's actually happening. So now let's assume that your bookkeeper's produced this report for you. What you can do then is click the publish button and that will publish it. It gives you a snapshot that you're happy with everything to include and then you can hit the publish button and again, and then that will publish it into the report section in Zero. See the submenu here, you've got published. So you can always refer back to the published reports that have been prepared each month. And so it can be saved in one place. You don't then necessarily have to have files uh, wherever you need them. You can have external PDF files. Uh, so I'm just going to click on the, those three dots. So you can export to PDF, you can export to Excel. So if you wanted to, if I just show you what the PDF looks like, it's a nice little report, slightly easier than reading it on screen. So it gives you the name of the company and when it was prepared and a nice contents page. And then that information that we were just looking at, so the, the executive summary, the cash summary, which I won't go into at the moment, and the profit and loss. So with the profit and loss, I think if it's all right with you, Dave, if I um, if I jump into the next report, in fact, actually, if I've got an 11, 11 step checklist on how to check your numbers okay. and review your numbers, now what would be better if I go through the reports first and then dive into each of the uh, and then dive into the checklist, or if we go into the checklist now and then bring up the reports when it's relevant? I think go through the checklist. So up until now, like the. I suppose it's almost like we've gone through three steps. The first step was um, getting clear on what your goals and objectives are. And then that's something that someone would work on uh, in their own time and then obviously come to this session with that. Then the next step was to set the budget, which you've gone through to show. And then uh, the next step after that and potentially, yeah, it could be either three or four steps because that next step is, okay, now you need to prepare the management reports, which is now where we're at. And then I suppose the final step is to then go through your 11-point checklist. So I think it makes sense if we go through the checklist and then um, we just go to the relevant report that that covers that item in the checklist because we'll include the checklist with this video. Cool. Okay, let's do that then. So what I'll do if I'm just going to draw a line on my notes to make sure that we cover everything. Right, so yeah, the, the key here on the management reports that we've just prepared, the most important thing with regards to the profit and loss and the balance sheet is, is what I call a sense check. Now, your bookkeeper can do this, and really they should do it, or, or your accountant. Whoever's preparing the management reports for you should be doing this before they give it to you because these are the questions that you're going to have for them, and then they're going to need to go away and prepare them again. So it's, it's a quick learning curve if it does happen. But what you, what you can see, we've got a month-by-month understanding of what's going on in the business so we can see for the income so for the sales for the revenue however you want to refer to it that it's been steadily improving apart from when there was a bit of a dip so that could be in line with expectations so what we're doing is looking at for each line by line that's important to us not necessarily every single line but what what's increased what's decreased what stayed the same and then having an understanding is, is that in line with our expectations? Should we have, you know, like here, for an example, if we look at the bank fees, it's been £15 since March and April, and there's nothing for May. Should there be a bank fee in there? Because we need these figures to be complete, and we need to understand, first and foremost, that they're accurate and complete, and then we can then start to drill into the costs and things or, or revenue to understand what's happening with the business. 
So it's taken that approach comparing months to months. So we, and we've got a little bit of a history here, which is nice. So we can look back four months and compare the current month May to the previous four months and say, well, what's actually happening? Rent, we can see, okay, that's £984 each month. We know that, that that's what was going to happen. That's brilliant. That's fine. Let's look at sales. Like, wow, okay, what's going on with sales? We obviously weren't doing very well at the beginning. Now we are. Is that in line with our expectations? Can it be higher? What can we do to make that better? Why has it changed? I mean, why is probably one of the best questions you can ask on the numbers in your business is understanding, well, what's actually happened? Why did that happen? What is it that we're doing right now that we weren't doing right back in January or back in March? How come we've got this 11,000? And we've got some purchase costs here. Has that been entered incorrectly? Should that be somewhere else? Or is that in relation to something else that we're selling. And maybe that's why we've sold more in May, in May is because that we've actually got a physical product to sell. And we're looking at advertising here and can say, well, okay, so we've got a lot of advertising, nothing previously. Is advertising responsible for the increase in sales? And if it is, we need to know what advertising is actually working. So what marketing and channels are producing the profit? Often what will happen is when measuring marketing and advertising is it will be looked at the number of leads that have been produced rather than the profits and even even not even revenue, but looking at profit that the business is actually getting from those channels. So they meant digging deeper into understanding what marketing channels are working and what the profit actually is. And, and then the whole system in terms of, right, what is the marketing return on investment? That we're getting here and does that mean that for every pound that we put into marketing we're going to get 20p back type thing you know profit over and above so you're going to get the one pound back plus 20p because then you know, they can decide whether that 20 percent is a, a decent return on investment so, so the, does that mean so the, the first check in your checklist is to go over the numbers to make sure nothing sticks out like a sore thumb. Like- exactly. Yeah. And that's why ideally why it should be the bookkeeper that does it. The person who yeah. is preparing the reports because then they can produce it to the business owner and have confidence that what, what they've produced is accurate. Because the last thing you want to do is produce something that doesn't, you know, it's all over the place. So yeah, yeah it, you're, you're quite right. The sense check is just making sure that the figures are accurate. And, yeah. and it's similar for the balance sheet as well. So we're going to just have a look at the balance sheet here. And just to give an understanding of, of what a profit and loss and balance sheet actually is. So a profit and loss shows the income and expenses of the business. In, reg- in regards to the performance. So how well is the business performing? That's really what the profit and loss report shows. So how much profit is it making effectively with the tools that it has? And that's broken into sales and expenditure. And in the balance sheet, it shows the position of the business. So you can see here the way that it's reported slightly differently as well. That's reported at the end of the month rather than the duration of the month. Like the profit and loss shows the activity for the whole month because that's the performance that month. And the, but the balance sheet, we're just looking at the position at the end of each month. So we're saying this is what happened at the end of each month. And so there are slight differences. And the balance sheet includes what's typically known as assets and liabilities. And really all that means, assets are the things that you... So effectively, it's the money you hold or... Uh, the money that's owed to you 
So that's what's known as current assets in accounting terms. And fixed assets are things like equipment, machinery, and tools that the business uses to make sales effectively. So well, that's what assets are, things that you have to make more money or the money that you have or it's owed to you. And liabilities are things that are owed to other people. So effectively cash that's owed to suppliers, to the tax man, you know, sales tax, that type of thing, maybe to your team as well, if they're owed salaries or bonuses. In a nutshell, that's what a balance sheet is. It just shows you that positioning. Yeah. Similar principle here, Dave, is that when you're looking at the balance sheet, you want to make sure that everything is in the right place, that everything looks sensible. So that if the bank balance in here was negative 100,000 and you know that that was wrong, then there's obviously an issue that needs to be resolved. So it's just a case, again, going through. So what has increased, what stayed the same, what's decreased, and why has that happened? So the bookkeeper then can go through and say, right, this has changed because of X, Y, Z. The accounts receivables has gone up because we've made more sales. You know, that type of thing. They, have, they can then make notes on here that can be given to the, the business owner. So instead of them having to ask the questions, they've got the information there already. Uh, and if we just jump back into the, the profit and loss, similarly, we were talking about with the revenue, with the, sorry, the advertising costs, why has that increased? Oh, because we've been doing more marketing activity. Uh, and what has that produced? Oh, well, it's produced more revenue. Uh, has that produced all of it? Well, Who's to say? It could be that there's going to still be some more coming in in the following month. But it just gets asking those right questions in terms of why has this happened? What, what was that for? What's the knock-on effect? What does that mean for the business? So that you can then start to really understand what's going on from a numbers perspective. You know, similarly here, looking at accounts payable, why has that gone up? There might be some reason into that, just be digging deeper and understanding what's actually happening. So yeah, effectively, those are the key things to be looking at on the the management reports from the profit and loss and balance sheet perspective is just comparing month to month and what's happened and asking the question why and getting that understanding as to, to what's really going on in the business. Now, I wanted to produce another report now and that's the uh, the budget report so we can compare the actual to budget because that's another a really powerful tool to use so if we click on the reports tab again you can see now that the management report was there from when we started the last time we need to get a different report so i'm going to click all reports again and this time i'm going to click the three dots in the financial section and i'm going to again we can click the blue star to get the budget variance in the shortlist I'm going to click the budget variance report. So when that produces, what I want to do is just change the date to the month that we're looking at because zero automatically defaults to the current month that you're in. So we just need to change the date to May because we're looking at May 2017. I want to look at the month. Uh, I don't want to compare it to anything else at the moment. So we click the update button. And now what we've got here in the report is the actual for the month in this column here, the budget for the month and then the variance for the month so the difference effectively and then that as a percentage so this in in absolute pounds and this in the percentage difference and then we've also got the year-to-date actuals and the year-to-date budget and again the year-to-date variance in actuals and the year-to-date variance in percentages now this is a very very powerful report because it you set your budget previously so you know what you're aiming for. So now you can compare this to what's actually happening. What's really going on in your business? So if we take 
the current month for, to start with, we can see actual was £11,134 in sales, but the budget was 15000 Well, that's the budget I set, you know, so who knows whether that's right or not, but let's just, you know, say that for this example, that is the case. We can see that sales are down 2800 quid, roughly. So why is that happening? Why haven't we hit budget yet? So just it gets you to asking that question. What is it that's happening or not happening to achieve our target for that month? And you can dig a little bit deeper and make changes going forward. Similarly, here with purchases, okay, for purchases, we had 1250 worth of costs. We actually had a 3,000 pound budget. So we're positive, which is great. We're in the green, but why? <laughs> why did that happen? You can't just say, oh, it's green, just leave it. You need to understand what's happening because it could be an accounting error potentially, although the bookkeeper hopefully has gone through the system to check that it's not. But we need to understand what it is that we're selling and the costs involved with that so, so that we can say, well, we expected 3000 We've only got 1250 Is that a budgeting error or is that something that's happened that we weren't aware of? It's just delving deeper. And here, you know, I didn't set any budgets for, for these overheads, but there was a standard one in here. You can see that the variance is in green and the percentages. So it's understanding why that, variance is there and looking at the ones that are most important so you could say what are the biggest variances for the month and just and picking those out and saying right these are the ones we're going to focus on what's actually happening why is that happening just to get that understanding because you set the budget it's there for a reason you've got to use it and then it's applying what's actually happening in your business so just comparing like with like effectively and saying right this is what we wanted to be this is what's actually happening why is that the case why are we exceeding the budget or why are we not achieving the budget and taking that viewpoint delving deeper and then making those decisions and taking the business forward as it needs to be and that could be that you need to revise the budget maybe you've been over optimistic or maybe you've been overly pessimistic maybe things have gone better than you expected so revise the budget to bring it more in line if that's what's needed or actually fix the things that are happening or, or take advantage of the things if it's positive to make sure that the business is moving forward to where you want it to be. And you can apply the same logic and process to the year to date. So we're looking at the year to date. So we've got 25,000 or it's just shy of 26,000. The budget was 75. So wow, okay, what's happened here? Have, have we just completely underperformed or have we just been a bit too optimistic in the budget? What's actually happening here? Yeah, and, and similarly with the, the purchases, okay, are, are we selling the right stuff? Are we get the costs in the right place? Why is that different? Do we need to update the budget or do we need to update how we operate? So just taking that view for the current month and for, for the year to date. So a very similar process with the P&L, the profit and loss report and the balance sheet. It's just having that understanding and asking those questions of what's actually changed and then why? Finding out, going and investigating and finding out what's really going on in your business. So you know, the next step I wanted to jump into is what I call the one-page overview. Now, I'm going to pick this up from, oops, I'm going to pick it up from my desktop here. It's the PDF and bring that into screen once it's loaded. There we go. So this is a report that I really like. Uh, I used to have a, a bookkeeping and management reporting business, and this is the the one thing that we used to prepare for all of our clients is how we added value. So giving away like a trade secret a little bit here. So it's a, a, a great value for all the viewers and members. 
watching this uh, the business systems summit dave but you know <laughs> sharing is caring so i want everybody to be able to understand what's really going on in their numbers in their business and, and take their business forward to where they want it to be so we call this the one page overview and the reason for that is because it's one page of information gives you a good overview of what's happening in your business so similar to a dashboard obviously not as visually stunning <laughs> as a dashboard if you've seen a dashboard it's full of lovely graphs and charts and easy to read if you're not a numbers person but the idea of this is for the accountant to go through or the, the bookkeeper or a business coach to go through with the client or if a, a client is number literate that they can get the information that they want so this information can then be put onto a dashboard with other non-financial metrics you know your analysis from your website in terms of google analytics looking at your sales and your marketing measurements for those as well. This is a snapshot of the financials, effectively. I'm just going to take you through it, if that's okay, in terms of what's actually reported. Yep. And then we can go into the key things to look for. So we've got a financial summary at this top bit here. This is, as it sounds, a financial summary, so we can really understand what's going on with the profit of the business. So we've got the net profit or loss if, the, if it's negative before corporation tax, so before any tax is paid for the business. So we're using the examples from the demo data. They're quite small numbers, so but they, they, do, the, they do the same thing. So the year-to-date figures are just roughly £8,000 in terms of net profit. Just a quick question. The way that you have generated this report, so you're extracting data from zero through a spreadsheet and then running it through your own spreadsheet, or this is a report from zero? Oh, sorry. Yeah, good point. Good question. I didn't, I didn't mention. This is something, yeah, we export the data from, from zero and put, plug yeah. into our own template. Any bookkeeper, any accountant, even if you are, uh, you know, if you have a business coach who's helping you, will be able to do this because you're taking the information straight out of zero. So there's no wizardry, there's no difficult formulas or calculations. This is all information that's available from zero. And I mean, the only area where it requires a calculation is calculating the tax. And the, your bookkeeper will easily be able to do that for you. But everything else is taken from the profit and loss report or the balance yeah. sheet. So if you wanted to reproduce this, it, it can easily be done. So, but yeah, watch out for the uh, the app coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm joking, but you never know. It might do. <laughs> it work well, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. With the financial summary, got the information straight out of zero. So the £8,000 profit, year to date so this is year to date figures the corporation tax has been calculated so we know what that is and we know what the profit is after tax and then we've got dividends paid to date well in this example there's no dividends and we can see the true profit or loss is the same as the profit after tax what is important to know these numbers well with you always want to know what the net profit is before tax you can see how profitable your business is the profit after tax is effectively the number that is then accessible to you to pay yourself. Most businesses, most companies will pay a dividend to the business owner and that's how they get the, the bulk of their pay from the company. And it's out of per profit after tax where dividends are paid. So that's why it's really important to understand how much is available. And the true profit, this is a concept that we coined to make sure that we understand what's really going on in the business because 
some really small businesses that don't necessarily have a team or that they just use freelancers, the business owner tends to do most of the work and they pay themselves by way of dividend. And that's not reflected in the P&L. So you can't actually see what's really going on from a perspective of the money that the business owner is being paid and the performance of the business. In other words, can the business afford to pay the business owner that amount of money? So with a true profit, position if the business owners paid themselves more than there is profit available then you, you'll easily be able to see that because this figure will be negative mm-hmm. and then if that figure was negative you could then ask the question right okay it's negative for the current financial year but are there reserves built up previously that will allow us to pay a little bit more this financial year but it's a red flag effectively to see that it's negative you always want that to be positive regardless of previous reserves being used up but we'll come to that in a moment as well. We've got the gross profit percentage target in here. And this is a target I've just chosen for this particular business in terms of based on the figures that are in the demo data. So we've got a target for the, the biz, this business. It will vary depending on the, the business that you're in and what you provide. So have a target is what you're happy to work with. And then you can measure the year to date and then the month. So we can see here, the great thing about this is, well, the target, we're exceeding it year to day. But what happened in May? Because we didn't, we didn't hit the target. Something happened. Because if you didn't actually look at the month, if you looked at the year to day only, you, you would be, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. But it's not really because something happened in May to, to go below the target. And it's actually brought this 95% figure down. So if that was on target, it would be more like 96, 97% uh, in regards to what's actually happened. So again, uh, you get to ask more questions in terms of what's going on in the business, what needs to be fixed, what needs to change. The team effectiveness, this is something else I really like. So it measures the gross profit by the number in the team. And one of my business mentors always used to say that, I still, still does, that if for every member of your team, they should be contributing at least 100 grand worth of revenue in the business that's ideally what they should be producing that's his rule of thumb so i've taken that rule of thumb and said well okay it's 100 grand worth of revenue but i want to look at it on a gross profit basis i want to look at profit rather than revenue because if your revenue is 100 grand but your costs are 110 it's almost irrelevant (laughs) you want to you want to make sure that the profit is being made so i said okay well my target was 92 and a half percent gross profit so if I take that as a percentage of the 100,000 per employee, per team member, then that will give me 92,500 or on a monthly basis, 7,708. So I want to make sure that that's what we're hitting in real terms, in absolute terms of the effectiveness of the team. And when we've done this calculation based on the demo data, we can see the year to date, there's a big problem. It's only 24,000, you know, 25,000, it should be 92 in relation to into the, uh, the year to date. But if we look at it on a monthly basis, we can see that it was 7,708 is the target. We're actually just shy of 10,000. So what actually happened in May, even though the gross profit wasn't as good as it should have been, we still need to inquire into that. We can see that the team are producing what they need to. So it's a really great indicator. Again, looking at it on a monthly and year to date basis. And it's a great tool just to make sure that well, your expectations of the team in terms of their contribution are actually producing what they want to do. Now, I've taken gross profit in this business because I've made the assumption it's a service business. 
if, if you have uh, a manufacturing or if you have a product business, you would need to take that into account. You can't just do your straight gross profit here to calculate that you know on the hundred thousand revenue you would need to flex it so or, or change it slightly based just for the purely for your team but it was just an, an indication of be able to to do it for this for this type of uh, business that we're using in the demo data uh, and again yeah really focus on output rather than input uh, that's the important thing cash available is something else that's really helpful because when you look at the cash in the bank account sometimes you can think oh wow we've got loads of cash you know i can pay myself that extra dividend or i can go and invest in that extra team member or this new project but really what needs to happen is you need to look at the overall picture of of the cash available and that's what this snapshot does so it, it takes the cash from the balance sheet and says well this is what's available in the bank um but what do our customers owe us? So that's money that's owed to us. We're going to add that in. What do our suppliers or our suppliers owed? How much do we owe them? So we include that figure. So that's a negative. Obviously, it's money going out. What other liabilities do we have? So things like corporation tax, sales tax, income that's in advance, potentially that could be refundable. Are any salaries due to the team? Anything else that's a liability, that's money owed to somebody else, we include in here as well. As that's a negative. And then what I like to do is include two to three months of the average overheads for the business or the average operating expenses for the business. So then you know you've got a little bit of a reserve in the bank account. So you can say, well, if things went horribly wrong, we've got two to three months to turn it around type thing. So that's why I always like to have that little bit of a buffer. And you know, what this gives you, the total of all of these figures says, well, the total cash that's actually available is just shy of 4,000. So we've got 13 and a half in the bank, but only 4,000 of that is available to use. So that could be used for an additional dividend. It could be used for in investment in a new project or in some training or a new team member or whatever it would be. It just gives you a clear understanding as well. Well, actually in the bank, it says it's 13,000, but really we only have three, four thousand pounds that we can play with. So it's a great snapshot to understand what's happening with the cash position so you don't overspend. The accumulated profit reserves, and so this is just a figure, effectively it's taken from the balance sheet. So it shows what reserves your business has in terms of what we have is 80% dividends underneath. Is when, if I come back to here, the true profits, so your profit after tax, that's the amount that, of the dividends that can be paid to the business owner effectively you could pay all of that if you wanted to um, and there may be some reserves that you've built up in prior years that you haven't you haven't distributed all of those profits as dividends and what the accumulated profit reserve shows is what is available now in terms of total reserves so profit after tax the current year to date and previous years added all together so you can see that there's 11,000 reserves available to distribute as dividends if you wanted to but we take a rule of thumb, or I quite like this idea of, 80, 20, of the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, of saying, well, we've got that available, that 11,000 available to us to distribute, but let's keep 20% in the business. If we, if we took that view that all profit after tax, we're just going to keep 20% in the business, then that can contribute towards this sort of contingency fund up here that we've got of the two to three months or could be used for any other future projects, whatever it would be. You know, let's not be silly and take it all. So let's take 80%. And if we were going to do that, it would be just shy of £9,000 that we could take out. But then we're going to go back to this table here, the cash available, and say, well, actually, we could physically 
or legally take a dividend of just shy of 9,000 because the reserves are there, but we don't really have the cash. When we look at the overall cash position, we can only take just shy of 4,000. So again, it's just a real nice sense check in terms of what's happening with the business. And if the accumulated profit reserves figures are negative, then that shows that there's a big problem in the business. The profitability is not there and or the too much money is being taken out of the business by the owner. Uh, and effectively, th- those are the two things, uh, well, the three things that will stop a business from, from running or, and, and for hitting, you know, hitting the wall. It's making not enough profit, the business owner being paid too much from the business and running out of cash. So these snapshot information on the one-page plan gives you all of that information so that you don't hit the wall. And if you are about to, if you're running close to the wall, that you can do something about it. I'll just go through the others very quickly, Dave. I don't, want to, I don't want to take too much time up on this, although it's a cool report. The Underneath here, we've got the estimated tax to save. So it's really, really important that as you go through the financial year that you're saving for all of the taxes that are due uh, so that when the payments come to be paid that you've got the money there so you're not scrambling to find the money you're not using expend you know cash from the business that could be used for something else effectively so what we've got here is an estimate of the corporation tax for the current year and that relates back to the figure that we've got up here in the financial summary we then got the prior year so that was what was calculated then And then the total corporation tax that's due, that's how much we should have in our corporation tax deposit account. And you can see what we've done here is the increase or decrease for the month. So there's been 200 quid difference from the previous month. And then we've also looked at the sales tax. So in the UK, it's called VAT and the salaries tax, which is PAYE, the system that we use in the UK. So making sure that we've got those amounts saved as well. So what's What's the, the grand total then that we need to save for corporation tax, VAT and PAYE? And that's got the grand total here of just shy of 4,000. Well, what's in the deposit account or deposits accounts, if they're separate, we've got 3,000 here. The difference is the 946 pounds. So we need to move that into the deposit account to make sure we have everything. And similarly, I'm just going to jump the dividends. Similarly, we've got the same thing here with the personal tax. So, with some very basic and crude back of a fag packet calculations, you can work out what the personal tax is for the, the business owners based on the dividends that they've taken and the salary from the business. Obviously, their accountant will produce the personal tax return and have a more accurate figure, but this just gives an idea of the tax the business owner needs to save and put aside similar to the business. So as the money comes in, you're putting something aside. Now, I'll just jump back to the dividends taken by the tax year. So you can see the previous tax year they had 50,000 at this current year they haven't got anything haven't taken any dividends so then that's reflected in a tax position so the current tax year now it says tax year as opposed to the financial year of the business because in the UK the tax the personal tax year is different to the, the company tax year it's a very different system so that's what we've distinguished between the two but you can see that nothing's due currently nothing needs to be saved for the current tax year and the previous tax year there's just shy of seven thousand needs to be saved and then on a similar basis for the company deposit account we've got a personal savings account what's in the balance needs to be added to make sure that you've got the money as it's due and 
the, the dividend ta- snapshot is a great way of looking at tax planning. So in, in the UK, once you get to certain levels of income, you get to higher rates of tax. So it's a nice little thing to look at. So if you know that your dividends for the year should be 30K before you hit higher rates of tax, you can keep an eye on how much dividend you're paying yourself. So it's, again, it's just a snapshot just to see what's actually going on in the business. Perfect. So that's, that's the one-page overview. Yeah, I think I think that's that's good. Depending on where you're up to in your checklist, I just know we're kind of running maybe a little bit behind. What we might do is is grab the the checklist and share that along with this session. And potentially, I might even follow you up to see if we can get potentially just like this report as a shareable PDF or something like that. I'm just conscious that we've yeah we're kind of coming up towards the end. I'm not too sure if there's any final points that you want to quickly go through. Well, to be honest, I actually went through the checklist without mentioning it. So when, 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 when you're looking at the true profit, yeah. that's one point on the checklist. We talked about making sure that that's positive. If it's negative, understanding if there's reserves to back it up. If there's not, then there's a challenge and something needs to be fixed. So either profit needs to increase by increasing sales or reducing costs, or you need to take less money from the business, maybe even pay some money back into the business. So that, that would be one of the things on the checklist. The gross profit. Uh, percentage we've got here is that we're checking that that's another one on the checklist so are we in line with target what's happened in the month and year to date and, and drilling down understanding delving deeper into what's actually happening why is it higher than we wanted it to be overall and why was it rubbish in may you know for, for this example yeah. the team effectiveness again that's another one so as I mentioned one of my mentors says it's 100k revenue well i've just worked out what it would be from a profit perspective and then i'm tracking that and making sure that the business is in line with what it should be doing then we've got cash available again checking that making sure that we actually have cash in the bank and then what we want to use that cash for so is it going to give us that return on investment or are we just going to be paying ourselves some extra money from the company knowing safely that we've got funds in the business left we've got contingencies if anything should happen and then Oh, so check how much is available to pay the business owner in dividends. So that's this bit here. How much actually is available to pay? And then looking at the business perspective in terms of making sure we have the tax saved and what needs to be moved into the deposit account for the month to get to the balance where it needs to be. For, so we've got the funds available to make the payment. Again, checking the dividends from that perspective of personal tax planning. Are we in line with our expectations? Doing the same thing with your personal tax, making sure that you're saving the money as you go and you're keeping an eye on your liability. So those were the rest of the things on the checklist. Yeah. So I went through it without alluding to it, but those, those are the points. Uh, the one other thing to add, as I mentioned at the top, was that these can be added to your, your dashboard. So you know, with your sales metrics, with your, with your um, marketing metrics, it's important to measure those in terms of conversion rates and every step along the way. And then you can get a really a great view of the non-financial and financial measurements in your business. Yeah, I might follow you up for uh, this example PDF because I think that would go really well with uh, the checklist and then the video because then effectively you've you've got one page where you can go through your checklist to get those answers. So um, in the tail end, Steve, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to head? So, well, The first thing you can do is have a look at my book. So it's called The Profits Principles, The Practical Guide to Building an Extraordinary Business Around Doing What You Love. So I was fortunate enough to have that as a bestseller in the UK and and the US. 
So have a read of that. You're going to get more detail about improving the numbers and measuring the numbers as we've gone through on the checklist today and just yeah more more ideas and tips in terms of how to improve the numbers we didn't really talk about that today so that that'll be the first thing to have a look at and i know that that is available to members dave isn't it in the yeah in, that in the members bonus area yeah, yeah for sure so you can get a free digital copy there now, if not, you can get it on Amazon if you're not going to be crazy not to get the all-access pass from Dave. But if, if you don't, for any reason, or you want the paperback, you can get it from Amazon. You can also uh, check my website. So it's stephenbrigginshaw.com, Stephen with a V. And we can connect there. All my social media buttons are there. I publish videos and blogs there. And you can find, a little bit, find out a little bit more about me and, and connect with me there as well. Yeah, and on social media, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, mostly occasionally on LinkedIn. So yes, yeah, come say hi and, and connect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being generous and showing us a little bit of the secret sauce there with uh, this particular management report. So yeah, very helpful. Yeah, looking forward to uh, continuing with the rest of the summit. So thanks, Steve. Ah, you're welcome. Oh, I was going to add as well, Dave, in terms of takeaways that people to actually act on is get the book from the members area, read those chapters on on measuring the numbers and improving the numbers. They're just two small chapters. In fact, four small chapters. The book's not just about numbers. And make sure that your bookkeeper's using you know, up-to-date technology, so like Xero or Receipt Bank, there are other uh, applications out there, but use something similar to that, if not them. That's what I recommend, Xero and Receipt Bank, to get your bookkeeping heavy, heavy lifting done for you. And then get them to produce the management reports and go through the steps. So that's your bookkeeper accountant that's going through most of that checklist and then yourself as the business owner or another member in your team are going through that checklist to make sure the numbers are reflecting where you want the business to be and then you can drill down into those numbers understand what's really happening ask those questions find out what it is make those changes and then see what happens the next month and just rinse and repeat and keep building towards your goals perfect all right thanks steve we'll talk to you soon yeah, thanks so much. I'm grateful for being here, Dave. Thank you. And I uh, wish you all the best for the summit. Thank you. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.